All right, so episode, this is 57 of the All Around Podcast, talking television and film. Um, I guess other than Loki, what did you see this weekend? Nothing. Um, no, nah, I mean, I resell Luca. I was up at, um, I was up at your brother, so a lot of Disney getting rotated. Um, I saw um, the uh, Bobby Brown, Key Sweat versus... Oh, Lord. Um, okay. Which was um, interesting. Um, I, you know, but but um, that's it. Just just Loki. I did not have an opportunity to see some of what you saw. It sounds like so. So I just finished the Black Dahlia. Wow. I burned through the last hundred and twenty pages today. Um, the book. Uh, did you like obviously. it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was good. It was. Um, you know, it's three hundred fifty pages. It's pretty tight for 350 pages like i can definitely see where la noir got its main storyline from um because like that when you're on the homicide desk in la noir you actually solve the dahlia murder but the thing is one of the culprits in the book his like side business was he built these really shoddy houses with like movie set um wood basically or movie set construction parts and that's kind of like part of the main thing in la noir is that the suburban redevelopment fund the houses they're building for these gis are made of you know um exactly and then they burn them down for the insurance they don't burn them down for the insurance but it's like they build them up cheap and then what's going to happen is they know that the government's going to come in with the freeway with eminent domain and the land goes up when the houses are built on it and that's how they're going to make all their money. And then they, even though it. the houses are essentially worthless. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the Eleanor right. thing, but it's like, you know, so much of this, it's like, you know, reading the first hundred pages, I was so, I would smile. Cause it's like, Oh, this is so stereotypical noir where it's like, you know, and then the light in the club shined on the dame's face as the, as the open back of her dress beckoned to me and all this stuff. It's like, okay, okay, okay. I just have to get past this, like, I've heard it a thousand times type of thing. But that also was written. When was that written? In the 80s, late 80s? 87 was when it came out. Right. Yet, if you are going to read um, The Real Deal, it was it would be the guy that wrote The Big Sleep, which was not Raymond Chandler. It was the other guy. Shit. Damien uh, whatever. No, no. No. God damn it the big sleep um whoever wrote the no, film no it is stuff. no it is it is raymond chandler yeah so, um uh i'm thinking of the other guy who wrote um the what's the movie about the maltese falcon and stuff like that but 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 that that was written in like the 30s and and it talked about so what's interesting is um the big sleep talked about all the CD stuff, um, but it was thirties and it was a book and, or maybe, maybe it was late for, or, yeah, they're or probably, maybe, I'm guessing forties. There weren't but, a lot of like F bombs in books in the thirties. No, no, but there was a lot of like, it, it was definitely like, you know, how an LA confidential, Oh, it's porno- pornography, this or hookers that or drugs, this and whatever that. Yeah. Well, when the big sleep was written, which I think was the late thirties because the movie came out, I think in 41 or something right. like that. Um, <clears throat> um that talked about it too but it never really when you see the movie the movie never really referenced 
a lot code. of the senior stuff. It was only very sort of, were you able to pick up on it? And in a lot of cases you weren't, which is why the movie doesn't make much sense. The book makes more sense, mm. but it's much more, um, it's much more that. So here is, I forget the name, James Elroy, who yeah. writes the Black Dahlia, who still does the same sort of stuff, yet when Ellie, Con well, I, I, I don't know, what was the first, I guess the first real California story like that was what, uh, Chinatown, and from that it was the, okay, we're going to show it for what it is, and then yeah. sort of LA Confidential, I'm assuming LA Confidential was the next big sort of movie like that to oh. take uh, off uh, from yeah, the era probably. that popped. I mean, there probably wasn't, but that's... <clears throat> That's what I think, but they speak about it in its presented as exactly what it is. And I'm assuming the book was presented at is just do yourself a favor and never watch the Black Dahlia the movie. Black Dahlia. Oh, it is terrible. Um, I think Ann and I went to see it and it was just awful. I mean, I just remember, well, I remember seeing trailers for it when I was like 10. I'm like, oh, that, that looks really cool. And then you told me like a year later, it's like, no, it's, it's all, it's, it's really bad. And then I didn't see LA Confidential until I was like, 15 16 i'm like that's great <laughs> like that's yeah, a great movie but, but i know i know la confidential is everything the black dahlia isn't right <laughs> I mean, uh, and i know i already have uh, the second book coming wednesday the big nor nowhere which is about hunting down like commies and everything so i tried to read the cold six thousand, and i could only get like 20 pages yeah into it. people i saw online like people were talking about how the cold six thousand. and they're like yeah it's not very good i couldn't but, i couldn't get through it but i didn't know if it was the plot was bad or if it's just the style of writing because his style of writing is not cold 6,000. It's not easily, it's not accessible. Right. You know, or, or it's not, I'm not going to say it's not accessible because that implies it's like you're reading Finnegan's wake or something, but I mean, it's, um, it's not as accessible as your John Grisham's or probably your James Patterson's, whatever you are. Yeah. Whatever your, Hey, I, I made these sort of novels that I come out with one every year. Z is for zipper. Right. You know, there's all those. Well, it's like now James Elroy is doing. So there's the LA Quartet. It's Black Dahlia, Big Nowhere, LA Confidential, White Jazz. But now he's doing the second LA Quartet, which is like this prequel series. How old is he? He's he's like 68. Okay. I think. So like he... um. He, so like but this one's like a prequel so like the first one is about this japanese guy who's a chemist who works in a police lab who was outed by the main character in the black dahlia when they were putting japanese people in internment camps outed and as gay as like he was hiding and he was japanese like i don't he was know. passing yeah so like sort of. okay. yeah and like because that one is called perfidia um so and then he's got then he has another one because that one has like a big Japanese flag on it and then he just came out with another one two years ago called This Storm and then that one's got a big swastika on it but it all takes place before this set of books so it's like I'm probably not going to read those is it is it the uniqueness of the plotting or is it the style of writing uh, no what I don't it, think what... it's so much it's unique but it's just so for the listeners for our 20 listeners that may not know I really would like to write an eight to 10 episode thing that is like a 1940s detective thing not so much brought on by his books but brought on by i really love the game la noir and i have a lot of notes set out for what would be that kind of arc so i'm just reading that just to get 
lay like some type of like okay what's kind of the typical noir i don't know if i'm gonna be as con convoluted or as twisty as that book was uh because they catch the kill the fictional killer of the right. black dahlia because they uh, never caught the killer of the black no dahlia. they never but it's it kind of offers this thing of oh like they they did but it was never they never like prosecuted them or anything like that but they did catch him and they just killed him and they didn't bring it to whatever because the story takes place over the course of like the main thing from when they find the body to when they solve it it's like two and a half years yep um so it's uh but no it's a really good book and it's uh so there's like a femme the femme fatale i want to say like yeah girl who's bad news is um Hillary Swank in the movie. Yeah. And she's supposed to be, I think they tried to pass her off as like super sexy and attractive. And I'm like, it's I don't want to shit on, I don't want to shit on Hillary Swank. This she's is what I ugly. said. She's not ugly, but it's Hillary fucking Swank. This is what I said about that movie she did with Michael Ely, where she was like the seductress. It was called Fatale. That came out like last year. And I said, you're not, I'm, I'm not, you're Swank. not, yeah, you're not convincing with Hillary Swank. But, um, I mean, you're so fucking sexy. You want a best actress playing a dude and you pulled it off because you kind of had dudish sort of things happening. So anyways, uh, <laughs> but no, it was, it was, uh, it, it's good. Like it's fine, but so much of it is like, just get through all the language, all the 1940s, just like, cause you will, some of the stuff they say, I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, I didn't know what quiff diver meant. I could kind of figure it out. He was showed up. He was in a lesbian bar, so it's like, oh, well, a quiff, diver. quiff being a spin on queef, which are the yeah. sounds that vaginas make when the air is yeah, just so might be familiar. Well, yeah, I mean, there's you know, and detectives are called dicks, which I knew from Archer, so I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, so they're not just calling each other dicks. Uh, but some of the characters that will show up in uh LA <laughs> in LA Confidential, um, thick in LA Confidential, some of the characters are in there, like they mentioned Buzz Meeks, yeah, uh, and who's a run security for Howard Hughes. Uh, they mentioned uh, District Attorney Lowe, who's so th- was this written before? Does this take place in the timeline before LA Confidential? Then, obviously, yeah, because LA Confidential te- really takes Buzz place Meeks in- dies at the beginning of it, pretty much, yeah. Right? So LA Confidential takes place in like 52, three. So, but it's like you mentioned like Buzz Meeks is in a uh, district attorney low, who's the gay guy who um, gets what's his face killed. Simon Baker gets him killed in LA Confidential. It's not, it's not Bob Balaban, but it's a Bob Balaban sort of. Yeah, he, look, yeah he looks like, yeah. yeah. But no, it's good. Um, it was good. Uh, also saw No Sudden Move from steven soderbergh which was excellent very very good uh i think it's like the first time i've really recognized don Cheadle playing old like playing like because you know he kind of can't talk like this <laughs> like he's a this black guy in detroit in the 50s like look he just you know um it sounds like what's his face from uh, money talks who always has the lollipop chris tucker's friend who owns all the guns in money talks but that reminds me of so hey, uh damn rather <laughs> okay yeah. but that's not that's not the guy who from the five like, heartbeats or or the guy from the blues brothers that uh is like the checks in people to that like jake's hotel 
Uh, you have to see. It's like, um, so his, uh, his whole forget it. It's no, but very good. What I love about that movie, well, number one, you really got to pay attention. Uh, okay, and Michael Wright, that's his name, Michael Wright. Um, so you really got to pay attention because everything it is given to you in such a way where you're given these names. You're given kind of like everybody just kind of like they'll tell these stories about what they do. And you really got to pay attention and remember who's who because it kind of starts here and it kind of trickles down. to like where you can figure everything out. Like you really got to like how long is it? Hour 50, hour 55 okay. with credit. Okay. So really it's probably about 105 minutes. Bill Duke plays a black mob boss. I haven't, seen, a, Bill Duke. I haven't seen Bill Duke in years. He looks mean. old, but he's good in it. He, he is. I mean, he did predator like 35 years ago so and he was kind of oldish then so so he's in it benicio del toro's really good in it um it is a classic soderbergh thing of like yeah it's pretty much around two three guys everyone else is about three four scenes or less which is great because you brendan frazier there's no way he's he he's wearing like a prosthetic gut he's not that fat because you kind of tell when he would do this the wave the chins it's like nuts like i know brendan frazier's a little bigger but he there's no way he he was he's right, he's, he's he's more than a little bigger i mean he ain't i don't know jungle no more man i mean i don't know if, he, if he's that fat i'm just kind of like oh lord ray liotta it happens to the best of us so yeah but like his gut looks all distended like his gut it's like Whatever. Maybe he's got an untreated hernia. I don't know. But Ray Liotta is... Does Ray Liotta have a lot of range? Like, he just... He always seems to be just this this yelling, loud, intense eyes, like... So... Let me, let me so, tell you something. Like, so, 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 so here's the deal. When he hit hard in movies, it was... And I don't recognize what it was called, but it was in a movie called Something Wild. And he, um, I want to say it came out maybe two to three years, maybe 87. No, or maybe 89. I want to say it came out two to three years before Goodfellas. And he was like the wild card um, boy, ex-boyfriend, boyfriend of Melanie Griffith, I think was in Something Wild. It was that movie. And that was, he sprung onto the scene and he played this sort of, badass ne'er-do-well and ever since that i'm like he's sort of been pretty i mean i mean played henry hill who who certainly defines that um but but you're right i well but you know what he also before that before that movie he had done like years in soap operas so he, he certainly like um he certainly has different range i guess for movies since that's pretty much what he's in right now, I think he's well. He did. I think he's he kind that, of typecast. He did that point. cop show with Jennifer Lopez that lasted like ten episodes. What was <laughs> the movie that he was uh, in? Wild Hogs. No, no, no. There was another one where he sort of played. Was it with Gandolfini? Or, or it was? It was like a. It was like a. It was like a uh, double cross sort of movie. The the summer. Ah, oh, shit! I can't remember. He didn't lead it. But it was supposed to be, it was like another small movie about um, um, 
criminals. Oh, killing them softly. No, no, no. That's he, the he was Brad Pitt, James Gandolfini, killing them softly, 2012. No, no, that's not the movie I'm thinking of. It was something called like the something. Ah, Ray Liotta. Um, the last shot. Uh, uh, <laughs> it sounds a lot. The like son that. of no one. Um, I'm just looking. The Iceman. Was it the Iceman? No. The Place Beyond Damn. the Pines. He's done a ton of. He's done a ton of movies. The Place Beyond the Pines. Was that? Yeah, it? And, and and no, and that's not it. But he was in Muppets Most Wanted. I'm I'm sure playing exactly the same thing. Now you, you know the what devils. I don't, the devil's in the details. Uh, I'm uh, like, like this has, this has like, uh, shit. Hold on, hero wanted powder blue crossing over observant observant report. Yeah, uh, it was in date night snowmen chasing three thousand. I'm telling you, it's killing them softly. I mean that that is one. That's like they're... like low level gangsters, like yeah. low level. Just kind of like jobs. I'm, it's killing them softly. I'm telling you, that's what it is. Okay. And that movie is like, that has like a D cinema score because that movie is not for audiences. I mean, it's okay. I've seen most of it. That movie is so, it's Andrew Dominic. It's the guy who did um, Curious Case, or not Curious Case, The Assassination of Jesse, Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Right. Yeah. So, he did that and um but it is not it's almost incomprehensible that movie i mean richard jenkins is all right in it but like that it's it's just weird so no so ray liotta's fine in it um i know you'll see it so i won't surprise there are like that's fine there are like two surprise appearances by some Soderbergh collaborators that are also okay. Yeah, when I say it's fine, you don't have to tell me because yeah, I, exactly. I will, no, no, I will no. watch it. Right. The only the only thing um, it it is not as there's not as much humor as I thought would be in it, um, but there are humorous like moments. Uh, Julia Fox is also in it. She was the girl from Uncut Gems. Um, which one the girlfriend the the mistress girlfriend yeah. the okay. really put together thick girl thick <laughs> um uh i'm trying to think um what's kieran culkin is in it scott pilgrim's gay roommate he's in it for a little bit uh but no it's really I forget good that's macaulay culkin's brother yeah yeah uh so that's like every character like no character feels like a stock character but um like john ham is a detective he's like a police guy police officer mm-hmm. um but you could tell what i really liked about this movie i'm not gonna get into the plot details but what i really liked about this was like so this is the type of movie that soderbergh always wants to make that doesn't get released in theaters anymore but i'm so happy hbo max is like yeah we'll give you 50 million dollars to make this and we'll just throw it up on hbo max and soderbergh doesn't care about the release structure doesn't doesn't care anymore about the release structure. well yeah about how it's released as long as he just gets to make his movie because before right. they would just tell him no you can't make this for however much that's why logan lucky was like a 25 million dollar budget which i don't even know <laughs> if i want to but that movie wasn't very good i ha- i would have to watch again i just i i don't only remember seth like, mcfarlane hate. killed that movie i barely remember that movie I was that, that was the one where Seth MacFarlane plays like a British race car driver, right? I honestly don't know. I just know Daniel Craig has like that hillbilly southern yes. accent. 
Adam yes. Driver has one arm and Hillary Swank is the FBI agent or whatever. That's yeah. But, like, yeah. No. So, um, but there's that. You could tell all the actors were like, yeah, this is a really good script. I want to be in this. Um, the lens they used to film it is almost like a fishbowl lens. It's not like, you know, late 90s, early 2000s music video type stuff. But you'll see as stuff goes distorted through, on the distorted on the distorted edges. on the edges, like when something goes. Through, yeah. So that's cool. Um, the Remember the, the African guy from Barbershop? Who, who would talk like this? Would yeah, talk yeah, 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 yeah. He's in it playing like a normal guy. I'm like, oh my God, I recognize that guy. Wait, wait hold, on, hold on. So are you saying African people are, are abnormal? What'd I say? He's in it playing like a normal guy. No. <laughs> That's rough. Uh, your words. Normal. Well, I mean. Your fact, words. No, no. Here's what I mean by normal. It's that the fact of Barbershop, he's always doing this with a smile. And like, he actually has expressions in this. i'm gonna get canceled um yeah by all 20 of our listeners right exactly um but yeah go watch no sudden move so we we also watch love and monsters which is like um this dylan o'brien uh book about the apocalypse where it's like he lives it's like this he lives in a bunker honestly it reminded me of remember warm bodies with uh the guy yeah so it's a lot like him so basically there's this girl so seven years ago an asteroid was hurling towards earth uh, wow 93 percent of rotten tomatoes jesus six, Christ. Six, 63 on metacritic so it evens out well, uh, well. no but it's fine it's so, good for what it is is what you're saying yeah so then it's like an asteroid's heading toward earth earth's country every place on earth uh fires rockets its asteroid breaks it up but then everything comes crashing down and you know, the chemical substances from the rockets mutates all these bugs and uh, they, they basically like dominate the earth now. So everybody lives in bunkers. Well, seven years ago, as the earth is coming to an end, he, um, he like was in this relationship, budding relationship with this girl. And then they were separated and he finds out they're separated by 85 miles. He's been living in this bunk for seven years. He talks to her on the radio every now and then separated by 85 miles. And he's like, you know what? Um, it was something like, you know, the woman I love or whatever is only 85 miles away and I'm going to go get her or whatever. So Ugh. but he's known for being kind of like, he's always freezing up and he's not really, he's basically just like the chef. So it's him trekking through these 85 miles he comes across michael rooker and this little girl who teach him everything about like surviving um and it's you know it's it was you know it's fine i mean it's it's not bad uh but it like like warm bodies i'll probably never watch it again um but it's fine uh and then we saw luca budget 30 million box office 1.1 they just released it in the middle of covid they were just like fuck it okay Uh, well, international release was Netflix, so they sold some. Yeah, dis- yeah, yeah. They, they sold had to some, do something with it. They yeah, sold some. Go ahead. Watch Luca today, and Luca is kind of a messy movie. What are you talking about? It's like I don't know. It's like it's the Vespa. Got to get the Vespa. Uh, then we're gonna get into this race, uh, and then what's his face? You know, from Jump Street, he's alone. I called it as okay, so he's alone. Like his family left him or he whatever. So 
Alberto. It's like he's alone. Then it's like I want to go to school. Well, he's talking to the girl, I think. Right. It was like, oh, I want to go to school. So it's like, okay. Um, you know, the I, so I saw that again this weekend. And when you see it the first time, I think there's some unevenness of the plot that well, it's 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 not that bad. But there's some unevenness of the plot that I think the second viewing that that movie actually improves, I think, with an additional viewing if you watch it again. Um, I, th- I still think it's good, but like, I don't think it's better than I think it's better than Soul. Yeah. You think it's better than Soul? Yeah, I do. I like oh, it than Soul. I think Soul's way better. And I, I think- like I handle it this way. I like it better than Soul. Oh personally I, I mean well yeah i mean if i respect soul if, if you don't I want to be joy i respect soul i enjoyed luca more let's put it that way okay i i get that i understand that sentiment i liked and think it's better um but like i get that if you don't want to be reminded of the vast you know unknowingness of the afterlife I, and I, when I, you're I, gonna I, die you know what i'm watching a fucking disney cartoon i mean i don't need like the existential existential questions comments. yeah i'm like i'm good i deal enough of that shit all the time why do i need disney trying to explain it to me tell me about some fucking fish racing bikes up and down a mountain and eating a plate of spaghetti or something i mean um <laughs> what'd you <laughs> paschetti um but uh so so it was funny onward, because I mean, but like i think so, onward, onward is better. so so it was funny because you had mentioned like call me by your name or whatever yeah and someone so said, wrote an article and it said calamari by your name someone wh- wrote which which was so could not um, get that out of my head when i was watching the movie so i'm watching it and i'm like okay especially where they're like riding the bike together and they go up this huge ramp or whatever and i'm like <laughs> okay wow that's like you know you know th- th- there are there are many opportunities of people that wanted to sort of find the gay subtext to this i'm like oh i see because <laughs> as soon as they're seeing like young young men together they're like okay maybe this is it and and the greatest thing was mine was when they were standing on the when they were standing on the rock looking out and how like and then he puts his arm around them and they're looking out and the camera's at the back and i'm just like okay nah nah, but but here's the deal i i did not even think about that and then so i guess the article came out and who is it katie herzog on uh twitter said oh because the article was basically you know this was this was a big miss by disney it was a really big opportunity for them to lean into the gay thing or they're something never like going to do that no, no especially with like 12 year olds but but then um katie herzog on twitter said something great she said yeah this is good you 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 make this wonderful little movie about two you know young sort of preteen boys like discover becoming best friends or something like that and then they say well why aren't they fucking oh yeah right exactly <laughs> um no but i i even think onward is better uh the one i i uh, onward, onward onward's a little heavier oh yeah on, that ending and onward really just like bam like, like really just kind of is like whoa that got you know that that, that got heavy fast. Yeah. i liked um 
So what you think of the music? It was fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I know you brought up the music. I liked it, but I wasn't like, I need to put this on my phone now. Oh, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm not, trust me, I'm not putting it on there, but I would say that was a, um, Disney does really good at sort of creating time and place with music and stuff like that. And, and I thought that was, okay, that's interesting. You're sort of like post Mussolini Italy. Um, I know. I <laughs> wanted to mention that too, how like this mom is, you know, beating up little kids like 10 years after Mussolini was doing whatever. Uh, my, 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 my favorite was, um, the fisherman guy with the one arm and it's like, yeah, that's probably the only way he was possibly able to be there and not have been fought and fought in Mussolini's army, but because he only had one arm from, you know, they right. probably sort of created that yeah. reality there. Um, but, uh, you know, it was interesting because, you know, we exit the movie, we're back on the Disney plus menu and it says like, Oh, favorites or whatever. And then, you know, I see, <laughs> I see like, ratatouille incredibles and it's like yeah it doesn't hold a fucking candle to those movies like I, i'm not shitting on Luke i have not good... seen ratatouille since we saw it. ratatouille is i'm not saying it's bad i'm just phenomenal saying I, haven't seen it. I haven't seen it phenomenal you haven't seen it in a while right I, but but i mean who, who was it was it peter o'toole this speech at the end is sort of like the... how can it be popular <laughs> yeah that anton ego Oh, right, right. But his yeah, speech at the end, giving the review or something like that. Yeah, you know, very. So, that was also like Peter O'Toole at his most Peter O'Tooleist. Is that he, a word? He, he died. <laughs> died a year later. Well, um, you know, at some point, one's liver tends to give up. I mean, Peter O'Toole was the the benders that he would go on with the oliver reeds or richard burton richard the, harris or, or richard harris yes richard harris of the world Richard harris was like a very no, well-known peter drunker. o'toole peter o'toole right there and just like the stories of them so frankly the the fact that they made it as long as they did speaks to um the miraculous of uh, the resiliency of the human body a as, liver as, that would rival that of prometheus <laughs> But you know what? You know, Richard, story, how, you know the story. You know the story about Prometheus. Yes, okay. yes, yes. The the vultures keep eating his liver, and it, and um, it grows back. Yes, but the um, but Keith Richards is still alive too, though. So <laughs> the GIF, like that <laughs> wink, that's like the greatest GIF of all time. Like if wait, anybody wait, about Keith Richards. Well, yeah, because there will be there will be these stories on Twitter where it's like you know, twelve year old blindsided by a car walks away miraculously or whatever like no broken bone like some crazy story somebody survives and then somebody will be like we'll just tag a gif be like yeah still not better than this it's just keith richards like just there just like doing that oh yeah because it's like yeah because the fact that keith richards is still alive so um but no rat i mean i've already said uh, brad the brad bird pixar movies are my favorites ratatouille incredibles have you listened yeah. to that double you haven't listened to double episode of him in no it's good no why did the moron throw the clock out the window? Because <laughs> he was a freaking, freaking moron. Well, yeah, but that, I mean, that just is I something know. I found. <laughs> I know. But it's the fact that you just, the fact that you find something so simple, so funny. Um, so anything, anyways, uh, Loki, you know. So 
I was thinking about that just an hour ago. Like I watched it, I want to say five, six hours ago. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about it and it's like, yes, he's, I mean, his narcissism, he has fulfilled the narcissism. Yes. He he was like, he fell in love with himself. With himself. Yeah. Boom. And it's like, okay, clearly that's what they want everyone to see. But now it's like, are they saying that narcissism is good? Are they saying, no, it's good to be a narcissist because you might save the world. You know, that's, but yeah, it's like, wow. Yeah, the narcissism was realized, fully realized. It could not be more of a narcissistic sort of thing. I don't think it saves the world. If anything, it was going to end the world. It was a nexus event when he was falling in love with her. Right, but he's gonna come back, right? I mean, it's called Loki. I mean, he's not dead mm-hmm. because he was killed by um Thanos later, right? Yeah. I mean, this is right after Avengers, right? It's yeah, theoretically. Um, but I mean, clearly, this is the Kang introduction, right? I mean, th- th- this is I guess this is Kang, you know. I mean, I don't know. I, I uh, do, do do just not give a shit anymore. Or... I just don't think. It's, I, I mean, I this think episode was a little good. better than just, three. Yeah, a little the, bit. The thing that pisses me off, though, and and this is what I'm starting to realize, <laughs> Man, you're is right up on your mic with that one. The pisses. <laughs> am, am I popping my peas? Well, the S too. But go ahead. The what, thing that pisses the thing? me off is they're doing these episodes that you think is going to be all right, it's a full-blown story or whatever. And no, they're not. All they are are just story arcs involving a certain character to take you to the next story. As WandaVision was, yes, it was about Wanda and Vision, but it was just a bridge to her going into the multiverse of madness, right? And then Captain America Winter Soldier. I have no fucking idea where that's taken. I mean, I'm like, there's going to be a Captain America 4. I mean, what's his face? Well, and it's going to be, yeah, but but I'm like, where where do we go from there? Fine. But if anything, it's like, okay, the, so the now, Sam, now Sam is, but now Sam is Captain America. And that was the, and he's cool with it. And then now this is going to be some bridge to Kang, I guess, because Gugu's like tied to Kang. I don't even remember what Gugu's name is. Ravana Renslayer, it's Kang's sure. wife, because the idea is Kang will be the villain of Ant-Man, which is like, why wouldn't you just make Kang the villain of that Fantastic Four movie that's in development? Yeah, that, Kang as a villain of Ant-Man is, that feels... Yeah, it, I, I, I do not see a direct... I mean, you could do that, but Kang feels like a bit more of a lift. Kang is more of a would-be Doctor Doom conqueror type person ant-man could you imagine if they ever do dr doom right oh my god they failed twice i don't think that they could um because i think the fantastic four as a idea and where they came from i don't know how how they bring it forward and that's a 60s sort of phenomena i think Oh, and going going to space and getting hit with yeah, cosmic rays. Right. And then this like guy you went to college with or whatever is like your rival. And I'm like, but like if they redid Professor X and Juggernaut, I'm just like, I don't see that as a there's not a modern that 
I don't see a modern take there. Like, uh, you know, he beat the shit out of me and he grabbed the thing and now he hates me and they're brothers. And I'm like, I'm like, ah, that, that, that's a very overly simple um, story that well, I, mean, I don't think, I think you can wrangle that into it's about a 2020 kind of plot. It's about making Dr. Doom like a despot. That's what it's about. So stick him in Libya? Like what? I mean, no, Latveria. He has his own country. Well, I, I get I get it. I get it. Which is some sort of place in Eastern Europe somewhere, yeah. right? And he so. has the, the Doom bots and all that stuff. And then, yeah. And what <laughs> you Doom- do is, to tie everything together, you get, uh, get some, sign a deal with id Software and have Dr. Doom, Doom, bring the demons from hell and that so, cross pollination. So if Marvel, well, I won't say if they will, clearly they're bringing them right because they tease fantastic. Exactly. Yeah, they did it on the investor day. So, what they need to do is do not worry about origin and origining it up. Yeah, they need to make a cameo and they're a fully formed team. Maybe there's a passing reference for two to three minutes about, about. yeah, this is oh, what yeah, went when down. we were back on the da-da-da. yeah, yeah, yeah. um. They, they sent us to uh, um, when there was an asteroid that was coming to crack yeah. the world and Bruce Willis hired us and we went and saved the world, but we got hit with some radiation. And then when um, uh, what's what, what's his face? Who, who, who's the guy that was married to um, um, Angelina Jolie? Brad Pitt. No, the other guy. Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, like Billy Bob Thornton was in it and Ving Rhames got out of jail or or whoever or no no nothing rains um michael clark duncan you know it, it's like well, the green them, mile no 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 stick him in like uh hey we were in armageddon right we were the guys on armageddon you didn't hear about and we got dusted um um by whatever and we got all these powers we came back it'll be some sort of setup like that and then uh here we are and they'll just pull him into some sort of other story and that'll right. be it now now if Ant, so the trick there would be if Ant Man is a story like that, and the Fantastic Four cameo in, boom, yes, I get it because him and Reed, well, Reed Richards and Mike I, is Michael Douglas done? Like, is he even going to make any more? Um, the Price shows? is Right. The, oh yeah, but but I mean, if you get the two scientists sort of yammering at each other, that could be. You know, that could be all right. They don't have a cast for the Fantastic Four yet at all, though, right? I mean, they... just the popular fan casting that, you know, Emily Blunt shot down recently. Yeah. I... Because it'd be John Krasinski, John, John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, Zach Efron, and David Harbour. But David Harbour's playing Red Guardian. So people, some yeah, people said, no, like, no. John Cena. It's like, no, Ben Grimm is supposed to be like burly, overweight a little bit. Like that, you know. Ben Grimm is supposed to be work, blue collar working man, not yes. roided up, you know. Right. Why, that's why Michael Chiklis was like the best guy in. Uh... Yeah, except Michael Chiklis is five seven, and they yeah, didn't make him that's bigger. A problem. That's a problem. Yeah, a short thing, which yeah. is a which hey. is unfortunate. We got anyway. we got prime Jessica Alba in a skin tight spandex blue suit. We're good. We 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 got what we could out of those two movies wasn't honey kind of her peak though or was it that one photograph of her sort of going on to the um 
chair, I don't know. So usually I'm not much of whatever. a I'm not much of a blonde guy, but when she had that really she in the blonde. second I know, but she was blonde in the Fantastic Four movies. In the second one, she was almost like almost like it wasn't platinum blonde, but she was really blonde in that movie. And that she looked pretty. She was like 26. Yeah, she's that. like tw- she's Jessica Alban. She's 26. That's why she okay. I didn't say she was great in it. I said she looked great in it. Has Jessica Alba been great in anything? Um, Angel. What was it called? Dark Angel. Whatever TV show. Joss Whedon spinoff. Yeah, the Joss Whedon. Yeah. Was she good in The Love Guru? I'm like, has she been in a movie since that? Was anyone good in that movie? Yeah, she was in Little Fockers. And I've seen that movie twice. I don't even recall. You oh, saw that right. movie twice? No. Uh, well, she was the she was the farmer. She was she was, she was the one rat. who was who was hitting on uh, Ben Stiller, right? And she took the Viagra substitute, and she was she jumped into that manhole and somehow didn't die. Um. So yeah, no one dies. She like swan dived into the manhole and she didn't die. That's what I was getting at. So, uh. But yeah, looking forward, you know, and the other thing I just want to mention, Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer did my favorite superhero so wrong and so dirty that just when they bring the Silver Surfer back, he better be murdering just like Larry Fishburne did the voice for the Silver Surfer. Yeah, and Doug Jones did the everything else. I don't know how well you can do the Silver Surfer. I guess I guess you could do it better now. I'm I'm just it, it. You need to have, mm, I don't, the, you could do Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy is sort of that cosmic universe, right? Of which Silver Surfer sort of operates in that realm. His um, power is literally called the power cosmic. Yes. Yes. So I, right I think him. that um, the cosmic universe is so potentially overwhelming that it becomes accessible when you have this sort of ragtag group of people sort of bouncing their way through it. And it takes that sort of humor and ragtagginess of that group, Guardians of the Galaxy I'm talking about in case it's not clear, um, to sort of make it more accessible to everyone because it can be sort of, wait, what are we dealing with here? Yet the Silver Surfer is a story is relatively heavy I mean, there's not a lot of humor in it. I think if you tried to put humor in, in the story of the Silver Surfer, it'd be like, what? That's not what it's about. He's sort of like, yes, he killed everyone on my planet and now I'm working for him. He threatened to kill everyone on the planet. Okay, and bad. then he offered his a lifetime of servitude for protection of his planet. The planet ah. of the planet of Zen La. Okay? Yes. That's like Norin Rad. Norin Rad. So, Norin. so I'm like, I'm I love, like, but I love like, you know, when you're in the room thinking of like, so, so, you know, this guy, we're going to put him all in silver. He's going to shoot out beams. He's going to have all these powers. Like what else do we um, like, how's he going to traverse through space? What are we going to do? It's the 60 or it's the seventies. No, no, it was 1968 and endless summer had just come out in the last few years. So it's like surfing is like, right. So what are we going to do? The beach boys are popping. Uh, Yeah. Like like, as of a couple of years ago, he's going to be surfing. Yeah. How's he going to traverse through space? What are we going to do? Like, you know, we give him a ship, you know, maybe it's just he flies. It's like, no, let's put him on a surfboard. Let's make that silver, too. What's his name going to be? It's like Norman, Nathan, uh, Norin. 
rad. <laughs> like, yeah, right. And it's right, like, right, right. Oh, okay, great. Uh, but no, I mean, I, it, in all seriousness, yeah, doing a story centered around the Silver Surfer, I don't think, but that's not what you do. It would have to be like Thor and the Guardians, because supposedly they're going to be Thor and the Guardians run into like the Heralds, because Nova is one of the Heralds. Well, yeah, Fire, Fire Lord and all those guys. Yeah, like you run into the Heralds and it's kind of like, oh, what's kind of going on here? And then basically Except, they turn. Well, no, because they own Galactus. Because Fox, Fox, Disney owns Galactus now too. Yeah, exactly. So they. I don't think Gal- they're ever gonna. I don't think they're gonna do Galactus again though, because they've had the big bad. You think you think that's, but that could be it though. If they're pulling in the silver, if they're pulling in the Fantastic if Four, if you pull here, in Fantastic Four, silver then Stripper. Galactus might be the big bad. After Kang, Doctor Doom, then it'll well, be as sort of like the big bad of Phase One was, or whatever, the big bad of the Tony Stark era Thanos. Avengers. The last twelve years was Thanos. The big bad of this might be Galactus. Maybe. I, I don't. I don't. I mean, how do you? How, but. How do you go go bigger than the guy who literally eats worlds? I I understand what you're saying. No, but Um, but Galactus is smaller than Thanos was. I mean, Thanos, he was this guy's a world eater. Thanos, like, could half the universe. Yeah. This other guy has his machine and he sort of says, But it's all about it. It's all about but it's all about how you view it through the lens. I it's all about what you see. All you see with Thanos is couple people dusted whatever if you see a guy that's literally putting his hand out like this and a world is just yeah whatever it's gonna be like the what's the star wars thing when the star killer base sucks the power of the sun right that's how it's gonna be or then what when, they, when was they, that was that in one the of the first ones it was the it was well rise force of awakens force, force awakens. awakens force awakens and then they shot out from star killer base it was basically death star times five because it killed like five planets it's all about okay. what you see okay so yeah Anyways, uh, I guess we can get to the stories. Yeah, let's do it. Um, So Dwayne Johnson and Danny Garcia's Seven Bucks developing Red One with Amazon Studios. Um, Not theatrical release? uh, So it had to have been. Yeah. Can't not be. Right. So this was like, it's going to be a holiday movie. Red One. Let's think about this. It's a holiday movie with Dwayne Johnson. Red One is like Santa Claus. Santa Claus is coming to save the world, everybody. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's going to be, man. Yeah. I mean, Santa Claus is um. Santa Claus he's, come, he's is gonna coming the, to town. He's going to fight the... Yeah, that's right. Four-quadrant holiday action-adventure comedy project. Got a heart. Uh, conceived by Hiram Garcia, president of production at Seven Bucks. Stop. Stop. Action-adventure comedy. Hiram Hiram's writing a movie about uh, um, <laughs> conquer, you know, this soldier story. Hiram Garcia. I am um, Gumby. <laughs> I am Gumby. I am Gumby. I smoke a cigar. I smoke a cigar. I smoke a cigar. <laughs> um, you know, and I don't really like colored girls all that much. Uh, no, 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 but 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 this is the Red Fox, but <clears throat> on Sanford like- Sun. Give me back my Jews. Give me back my Jews. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Morgan. Hiram writing the Christmas. Garcia, though. I mean, it's like, okay. Oh, it's it's like uh, Juan Epstein, Puerto Rican Jew. Yeah. You know, wow. Welcome back, Otter. I think my brain just had a cramp. Uh, you know, Chris, welcome back, Otter. Epstein's mother writes the 
I'm sorry. Epstein's when, mother writes the notes. When was I born? <laughs> green Fung. How Howie Green Green Fung. Howie Green Fung. Yeah. Uh, Chris Morgan will write the what, screenplay. What, what, oh, what a great Lord. three seconds that reaction was too. <laughs> what? Howie Green Fung. Yeah. Howie. No one is that hyphenated. No one word. Green Fung. <laughs> Just that. Uh, uh, so, um, it, it is um, uh, but it's like uh, inside hire, Lou and Davis reference. Yeah, Cohen Brothers. You hire you, you hire the Fast and Furious writer to write this movie. It's like, oh god, good. God. Think about that. Fast and Furious writer, four quadrant, everything, um, action comedy, holiday release, red one, red one. Um, it's gonna be like it's like Dwayne Johnson, Santa Claus, or Dwayne Johnson is this guy know, who's gonna like, hire Santa Claus? But do you know he has a thing every Christmas whenever he does his like gift giving thing? He calls himself. I'm not joking. He calls himself Dwanta Claus. That is a real thing that you this can look up on real. Instagram. Yeah, you can look up on Instagram <laughs> the glasses. <laughs> you know, there's a microscope that can you know look at. Something this fucker, that's like one, yeah, one, yeah, one millionth yeah. of an atom. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> no, but th- this guy, there's rumors about him wanting to run for fucking president. Yeah. You Duanta, know, Claus for president. You know, the, the frame story of his show, Young Rock, is like, he's the president, right? Like, no, and, and I'm not watching Young Rock. He, no, <laughs> but like I saw a clip because he posted a clip from it on Instagram. You took the glasses off again. So then his mom comes out to see him because there was a like the finale kind of paid tribute to his dad because his dad recently passed away. Um, but he's sitting in the uh, he's sitting on a bench in what is presumably like the White House garden. Um, and he's wearing all black black like suit jacket with a black turtleneck under it his mother comes over he has some like bird feed that he's throwing to these pigeons and it's so obviously a set but his mom comes over and they talk about his dad and it's whatever and it's like you know i would love for him to become president just to see that outfit the outfits he would wear because you know he's not coming out in some traditional suit he's coming he's coming out well be great (laughs) nehru jacket or whatever nehru jacket yeah well you have to you have to Pull it up. N-E-H-R-O. Named after I know, the famous I know. Named um, after the, uh, Indian guy. Indian guy. Yeah. Named. Can you name him? His name is Nehru. That's right. Yeah. Because he wore those jackets. No, he'd wear one. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, break, oh. break out the Nehru jacket. Jesus Christ. Um, okay. Well, so, he could do that picture that I shot. You. Yeah. Jawaharlal Nehru. Prime but he, because he, he could do the, uh, um, what would be great or is if he just did, came out. Did I send you the picture of um, uh, George Washington giving the Stockholm Center to the British, whatever? Yes. Yes. It? Yeah. I said, well, I mean, if he becomes president, that's not the like, RKO. That's, what? Not the, that's not the the Randy Orton RKO. I, I, I have no idea. I thought it was a stunner. I have no idea. It was some sort of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some no, sort but of like that'd be great if he came out in his rock gear, not like the not the underwear, but like if he came out. With the little cutoff thing that he would wear, that would basically say like Brahma Bull on it in the sweatpants and everything. Well, like for his first, for like the State of the Union, he comes walking down in that. No, and then a reporter, and then a reporter asked him a question. He's like, 
well, you know, this is what I think, but what do you think about it? And the reporter's like, it doesn't matter what you think. That'd be great. But, but, but I mean, we all know that President Kane has a much higher likelihood than The Rock. Oh, yeah. Though, yeah. Yeah. Just because he's be... involved in politics. <laughs> and he can never be assassinated. I know. He can't be killed. Yeah. The so. big red, the big red, the big red machine. Oh, my the, God. The, the, the ultimate irony of the big red machine going head to head with Putin um that that would be um there'd be well, mass he's a confusion everywhere no he's no i know but but I, the big the big i know red, red dynamic, i know red yes. communism red <laughs> red that's why uh, the reds changed their name to the red, red legs, legs for like three or, years. yeah because yeah. joseph mccarthy was blowing his load all over congress um oh yeah did you see the thing supposedly when good night and good luck was when they were doing uh screen test or not screen tests but when they were doing a uh, test screenings for audiences that audiences were like you know i think the guy playing joseph mccarthy he's just he's overdoing it he's overacting when it's do they use real archival footage, footage. <laughs> that's great that's so, awesome. so so i i'm not saying this guy is a scumbag at that level but you look at like ted cruz's um stylings and it's like very sort of weirdly performative in the way that mccarthy was a lot of times when he's when he's trying to make a point or something like that yeah. i mean i'm not saying he's just mccarthy but it's like dude um j just know that if you're if you're aping this dude that people basically named like something terrible after him um try not to you know mccarthyism try right. not to act like him you know right yeah. uh, it, in, in spite of the fact that his dad killed kennedy or no his dad's the zodiac killer my bad no he's the zodiac oh killer. he's i thought his dad oh no because the joke was he was born you know three years after the last reported zodiac killing that's the whole joke okay okay the fact that he's the zodiac killer um Carrie okay. Russell, O'Shea Jackson, uh, Ray Liotta, Alden Ehrenreich, and Jesse Tyler Ferguson. One of these is not like so the who's, other. So who's Alden Ehrenreich? Who's this guy? Han Solo, young Han Solo. Okay, good. Star in Elizabeth Banks' Cocaine Bear for Universal. Um, Do you know the story of the Cocaine Bear? I'm. I, let me read it. Uh, so. Uh, oh, Jimmy I can tell Warren, it to you. Hold on. Jimmy Warren wrote the script that's described as a character-driven thriller inspired by true events that took place in Kentucky in 1985. Phil Lord, Chris Miller, and Aditya Sood are producing. Oh, so Lord Miller produced. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it has to play as a bit of a comedy. The, well, interesting. I mean, I like Carrie Russell. Um, she, so. she was so good in um, that last Star Wars movie. Where, where oh, her face her, was... Her, her, eyes, face was, her, her eyes was totally... Were, her face is totally covered, basically. Yeah, yeah. who the hell knew? J.J. Yeah, Abrams, you know, yeah, did, know, did her a favor. So, so the story of the cocaine bear is this guy who maybe Alden Ehrenreich plays, who is was this guy who was an attorney. No, I'm sorry, he was an ex-cop who was, I think, also an attorney. He was like moving a bunch of drugs from Colombia and stuff, and he was like bringing it in, and he was like uh, found dead in like the hills of Tennessee or Kentucky or something like that um, in the mid eighties. And it was just dead body, dude. Co wait, cocaine, mid eighties. Shocker. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so he's found this old guy walks out into his like uh, driveway and there's a dude in a dead, dead body wearing a bulletproof vest 
um, and Gucci loafers and shit <laughs> dead with like 40 kilos of cocaine around him. Mm. And they're like, wow. And then I guess the DEA gets involved and it turns out I certainly hope so that a bear had come. And at some point the dude died, I think in a fall because he was like trying to get a plane, his parachute, maybe it fell or maybe it didn't don't know whether the bear, I don't think the bear killed him. I think he died in the fall, but I guess he had more than 40 kilos of cocaine. He had like a hundred. And at okay. some point a bear had come and eaten another like 60 pounds of cocaine. That's and great. the bear was literally found further into the woods yeah. with his stomach filled to the brim of nothing but cocaine. Oh and here's God. the shocker. He lived. The bear, the, no, the bear, no. Are you kidding? Oh. He died. Oh, well, I'm just 60 saying. pounds of cocaine. <laughs> I'm saying that would, that, that would be shocking. Oh my God. If, they, if that bear lived, he would have been the most productive bear you'd have ever seen in your life. Like you know how the much bear would be like, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know no, how no, much no. honey it would take to replicate that? I mean, oh my that God. bear's brain must have exploded <laughs> in his head, 60 pounds. He just ate it, just ate it up. And, you know, I mean, was, oh, this is really good. Oh, I can't taste my tongue anymore. Maybe I'll have some more. I can't feel anything in my tongue, but man, I've got tons of more, more, more. And then he kind of sauntered off and died. Um, But they found him. So, yeah. So it's the idea, not that the bear that was full of cocaine did anything, but the idea of a grizzly just loaded with cocaine, the amount of damage one could do. So, so that is the, that is the um, um, story that Elizabeth Banks will probably shit the bed on. Yeah, so I have no confidence in her ability. He was caught in his parachute, ended up in a free fall to the ground. Uh, the plane crashed over 60 miles away in Hayesville, North Carolina. Three months later, a dead black bear was found in the Chattahoochee <laughs> National Forest that had apparently had apparently overdosed on cocaine dropped by Thornton. You think maybe? So black bear, so it wasn't that big. Yeah, it wasn't a grizzly. I'm sorry, it's a black bear. Yeah, I'm sure if it was a grizzly, it would have died. You know, a few, it would have would have lasted a few hours longer. Yeah, there's not a lot of grizzlies in North the eastern part of the country. Yeah, it's a yeah. black bear. Um, Jesus, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> here's the shocker. Yeah, I, I thought you were coming with a shocker. Like, oh, he lived. He's like, no, <laughs> sixty pounds. <laughs> um, no, yeah, but no, it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Elizabeth Banks. I mean, uh, you so know. what has she directed? outside of the singing movies the one singing movie um i think that that has been well received that one that one outside of that that has been well received um well uh wasn't charlie's angels yeah it wasn't those were those are the only two uh, well, it, it didn't help that people in media were saying it's not a movie for you. And then when they and then I, I guess, hey, guys, this is not a movie for you. And then they write the article like a month later saying, how come guys aren't show- going to this movie? <laughs> Same right. author. It's like the fuck you just told us it's not a movie for us, jackass. She did direct a segment in movie 43. Oh, well, then how, how dare I? Yes. The na- a film that is worthy of the National Film Registry for being culturally and aesthetically significant, movie 43. Uh, 
that's fairly brothers did a little dusting of that right um they did a lot of it they kind of provided all the funding for the segments to get filmed fairly brothers did like they were the hottest game in town in the mid to i mean the late 90s to about 2000 2001 and i don't know if it was like did the did their humor sensibilities just it's like yeah they are they were good for that time but that time passed it was they were what they they were american pie me myself and irene american pie did they do american pie no no i'm sorry i'm sorry it was um um the cameron diaz movie with the jack off in her hair right yeah um there's something there's something about something about mary Dumb and Dumber, King, Kingpin, Me, Myself, Dumb and Irene, Shallow Hal. Shallow Hal is probably the last one. There's something about Mary. Stu- Talk oh, about oh a God. movie you Stuck could never you. make today. Shallow Hal. Holy shit. Stuck on you. Oh, they did Osmosis Jones. That was the end. <laughs> it was Osmosis Jones 2001. That was the end for them. They did Stuck on You in 2003. Stuck on You. I saw about 10 minutes. That was so stupid. I just remember like, Greg Kinnear, it's Greg Kinnear, right? Greg Kinnear and yeah. Matt Damon are stuck together. Matt Damon. They're trying to make it in Hollywood or something, and Greg Kinnear talks about a movie idea he has, and they're so supportive of each other. And Matt Damon's like, "Do you just come up? That's so amazing!" I'm like, "Click." I'm just like, "Done." <laughs> it was just like, but how do you go from like being the hottest directors to zero, like negative equity? Well, what's his what? face just won like best screenplay. I mean. Or, one of the Farrelly's? Yeah, for Green Book, because he directed in what is it? I think it's Peter. Okay, that feels like it. The Green Book, that's somewhat against type. Yeah, like he did. Yeah, Peter. He won. Yeah, he won two. He won two Oscars. I'm pretty sure for that. So, but then again, the what is it? The there's been Green a lot Book of hot directors. Like, the Wachowskis, like, what have they done? I mean, they pretty much blew their speed load racer, on speed, speed racer, speed racer, right? cloud yeah, atlas. Right, but speed racer, but they, they did Jupiter load of money. So did Jupiter Ascending. Remember, Jupiter Ascending lost like a hundred million dollars. Bingo. Yeah. 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 So. Well, I'm sorry. You know what? I'm wrong. They're no longer the Wachowski brothers. No, they were. They're the Wachowski sisters now. They're the sisters. They were the siblings. Now they're the sisters, and it's uh, Brave New World. We're living. In. I'm confused. So uh next story i had richard donner passed away today oh man dick donner he's 91 so if anyone i think it is different and i've say i i phrase this a lot but it is difficult to overstate the impact that his superman had when it came out i know that if you watch it now Everyone would be like, these effects suck. It's <laughs> terrible. It's clearly green screen. I remember I kn- watching. I know, but no, I remember 78. I remember watching like him flying a like big deal. The opening scene where you kind of see him at the bottom of the screen, and he kind of flies up and forward. And I'm like, damn, that looks pretty good for like pre for 78, like let alone that would look pretty yeah. good for probably until you see like or- Margot Kidder get on his back and it's yeah. all awful sort of you're sitting on a platform or whatever yeah but um that cast though is that cast though was crazy i mean the stories behind that movie i don't know what marlon brando required so marlon brando played jor-el who was um his um, dad his dad which was the russell crowe 
um character in the most recent and one Man of and Steel. yeah and um but like gene hackman played like suther which was great and it it was like it was a big deal when that movie came out but like glenn ford played his dad Ned I mean, it, Beatty. yeah yeah late great ned Beatty. yeah he just uh, died did we too. talk about yeah we didn't even talk about him who who played who was a network who i know who had one of the biggest scene. no but i mean who had one of the most truth-telling scenes ever um and and frankly maybe one of uh and was the one that got fucked in the ass by the in deliverance, in deliverance yes. which yes. was um uh terrence stamp is also in it um yes but he was more so only for a few because he came back in number two yeah and who was the girl who was the actress in the second one um that was one of the three ones in superman two she was like a name brand fuck uh one of the three baddies in superman two which is fun valerie perrin susanna york uh, sarah douglas jackie cooper no 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 in superman two i'm just yeah superman two i'm looking up Sarah Douglas as Ursa, Zod's second in command. That must be it. But yeah, who's Sarah, Sarah Douglas has done other shit. She's like... She did Conan the Destroyer. <laughs> okay, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, just, I'm just looking at her, at her credits here. Oh, speaking uh, of, I did see Conan the Barbarian over the uh, last week. It was on. That was the first the time I'd seen it. Schwarzenegger movie. one? yes not the jason momoa one no no i saw the real one he was in solar babies steel justice nightfall the return of swamp thing puppet master three toulon's revenge meatballs four return of the living she's been in nothing i thought she was okay i thought she was i thought she was somebody so disregard maybe she was in maybe she did some tv that ah fuck it don't listen to me uh i mean listen to me but not about this right exactly conan but, the barbarian now, hold on i do want to say i saw conan the barbarian which was you want to talk about like an orgy of it is john millius directed script i think and maybe even directed it john millius script i think he might have wrote it too um arnold james earl jones turns into a snake um uses takes a snake uses is firing snakes off his oh arrows. my god written by john milius and oliver stone i'm telling Holy you man shit. it is it is this movie did not get very good reviews but when it popped no no i i know but when it came out on video it everyone got it they might not have seen it because maybe they were embarrassed to go but it's like ah screw it let's watch it but it is like uh, it is like it is such a great snapshot of a time and place um, for like that sort of eighties whatever. And Conan, I'm sorry, Schwarzenegger isn't the, bad in so it. So the video cassette version of the film was released on October second, nineteen eighty two. The sales and rentals fi- rental figures of the video cassette were high from its launch. The title was listed in Billboard's video cassette top forty for twenty three weeks. According to Salmon, sales of the film through frequent home video releases increased the film's gross earnings to more than $300 million by 2007. <laughs> oh my God. It only made, it made like 70 million in its original theatrical run. Well, 70 million in 1981 was 
That was pretty I mean, damn good. Yeah, but like to gross 200, basically a quarter of a billion dollars over the next 25 I, years. I, I, I'm telling you, it is, it is not it is not good in the classic sense of the word. Um, or how about in any sense of the word? Because good doesn't really change. No, no. I, I mean, it, Max it von Sydow is in this. Oh, my God. Yes, he's in it. And Ben, what's his face? Some guy who is on the and uh, Davidson. He was on the old Miller Light commercials, which you need to play the old Miller Light commercial. Everyone, I know there's folks more like your age, but Miller Light used to do beer commercials back in the 70s, late 70s and early 80s that had all these sort of X stars from Euchre, most known for down in the front row type stuff. And um, like like you name Mickey Spillane is in it and like a whole bunch of other people are in it. And um, um, he's in some of these and Rodney's in it and Billy Martin's in it. And I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy how many people, the mill light commercials, whenever there was a new one out, it was a big deal, but he was an ex football player who played in the NFL, who did these, he did this movie too, as one of James Earl Jones is like top henchman or whatever. Cause Ben Davidson was like six foot nine. I mean, he was a big bitch. I mean, he's Ernie lad type. So size. back to Richard Donner. Yeah, sorry. Um, so, he, so anyway, um, he also did the Goonies. He did Lethal Weapon. All, yeah, the Lethal Weapons was like, and and Lethal Weapon is a is a as impactful as Die Hard was to sort of modern action movies. Lethal Weapon was as impactful to buddy cop movies. To buddy cop movies. I mean, it, it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I think Mel Gibson would have had a career. I mean, Danny Glover, dude should be sending flowers to his gravestone every week for the next 20 years. Um, because Danny, I don't know. If, Danny Glover is a very, are you certain he's isn't a very good actor? Or? No, I think, I think that that sort of made Danny Glover's career. I mean, he, he was able to sort of, not that, I mean, Danny Glover was there. You know, he played, he was in The Color Purple and was like the bad guy in uh, The Color Purple. So he was an actor. But you want to talk about someone? I mean, he was like Predator Two. He was the main guy chasing the Predator, Danny Glover, like big action star, Danny Glover. Really? And then he's, you okay. know, he's 20, 25 years later, he's shitting on Tracy Morgan's hand in uh, Death at a Funeral remake. <laughs> did you ever see the English version of Death at a Funeral? Yes, I saw. Wh- which did you like better? Oh, the British version. You like the British version better? Yes, it's funnier. Yeah, the 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 clean nut is uh, whatever the obsessive compulsive guy who whose hand gets shit on. Yeah, is much funnier than uh. Um, Lovecraft Country season two teased by creator Misha Green after HBO canceled horror drama series. So th- I haven't seen this show, but I just thought it was interesting that this got canceled by HBO, which means no one watched it. I th- here's what I think happened. I think yeah. a lot of people watched it. Okay, because dude from Lovecraft Country, blah, 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 Lovecraft Country, Jonathan um, Majors, Jonathan so Majors, right now. yeah, he's so high right now. He's he's getting work. That doesn't, um, but that doesn't mean people watch it. That just means he they know he's really good in it. Lovecraft Country was based on a book, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. So it had source material from which this series sprung. The next season would have been original material. My guess is they probably said, oh, we don't have the original sort of pop in source material. We're going to here's this idea we have. 
it was probably kind of shit. And HBO was like, nah, we're good. <laughs> because guess what? I think our friends, I think HBO just experienced something like that where, hey, as long as you got the book off of which to do something, we're good. But as soon as you don't have a book anymore off of which to do a series, I don't trust you to do it. Like we might've seen that in a recent well-known series that HBO had. Game where, of Thrones, yes. Yes, yes. So they were like, fuck that. <laughs> out of here yeah i so what was lovecraft country about um you know <laughs> no the real the real monsters the real monster was racist. R- racism yes there's the zombies and shit like that it was yeah, sort supposedly, of like supposedly there like there are real effing monsters in this thing i mean from what i hear it's great and I, I'll watch it now. It's only 10 episodes. So, you know, um, no commitment. Exactly. But I don't know. Who knows? It could get picked up by another thing. Uh, I'd be shocked. But no, because I think that the girl, series, the girl who is, was like leading it has like a shitload of work coming unrelated. Journey to this. Smollett. No, 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 no. The, the producer, writer, whatever. Oh, Misha Green. Yeah. Uh, like she's got work stacked up. The series is about a young black man who travels across the segregated 1950s United States in search of his missing father, learning of dark secrets plaguing a town on which famous horror writer H.P. Lovecraft supposedly based the location of many of his fictional tales. In the South, though? All his, all his towns are in, like, the asshole of New England somewhere. I mean, uh, yeah, I, mean I haven't seen it. Okay. Oh, co-produced by Bad Robot. Interesting. It's, uh... speaking, of, speaking of not being able to come up with an ending, Wow, Bad Robot, Monkey Paw, and I, I got it. J.J. Abrams can't, doesn't know how to end his films. So I got it. Bad Robot Productions, Monkey Paw Productions, which is Jordan Peele, and Warner Brothers Television. So this has some serious clout behind it. Which, which tells you that the ideas and probably the outline for what they wanted to do was complete shit. Be, because, so the other question is this. Was it also was it also done because racism, because Annabellum and all these other shows have been done, and is the media the, the other possible thing is the me- media is saying that racism as an overriding theme to these stories, you know, we think it's kind of fucked out, and we're just going to move on from it. I, I don't think that they're thinking that. I think, I think that, I think the entertainment companies feel like there's a big market there um, for that, or there's a lot of appeal there for it. Mm. I don't think they're saying, no, we're trying to get away from this stuff because we're done with it. We feel like it's not going to drive you. No, 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 it's not, it's not happening. It's still going to get made. So that will speak to probably how bad this is, because if it was remotely good, I think they'd have done it. I think it was just, I think it just sucked, you know, besides that, if you see the map that she has, it has a very sort of like a man in the high castle kind of vibe to it, where it's like, you got these. Oh, Jesus. You want to talk about a show that fucking ran out of mileage. God damn that fucking show. Sorry. Go ahead. Did you see it all? I told you I watched the first season and then I watched the first three episodes of the second season and I was like, nope. I was, I remember. They compressed, they compressed like a season. There was like three seasons of it. 
and there was literally gonna be four and they compressed what would have been the fourth season into like two episodes and you could tell i just i fell out i remember watching that show freshman year of college i fell out at like the fifth episode because i was so bored and then when you told me that the second season was like good i'm like i'm gonna finish it finished it bad semester happened bad semester happened then what did you did you think the second season was better no i was so i I, like i did not i did not care to go to try and figure out whatever with the characters i like the trade minister i liked i kind of like the antique guy and the dude from hellboy those were like the three the dude with the glasses the jewish guy the jewish guy with the glasses who was married to the girl he was like with the girl oh that's right he played the he played like the agent like yeah. the young agent in yeah. Hellboy. yeah, yeah i yeah, liked those it. three guys Fri- i didn't uh, i, I didn't whatever, didn't like the nazi uh the oh john and smith. i like no i like john smith i'm talking about the younger one the younger guy the where the actor well he was, gets killed like uh, good the, at the end of season two. good should have should have been killed before didn't like him and i didn't like the main girl julia or whatever i didn't like either of them and they were the main two and i'm like i don't give a fuck about them so that was that was a move that was a show that was interesting that the art direction and the idea the art direction and the idea is interesting Uh, so how do you do it and there were like the lines of a story i think it's thought of as being um play wolf philip k dick's weaker novels but it's such like an interesting idea let's try yeah, to make something it's, up it's the you know american I mean? gods thing the conceit is very interesting it's about how you execute it and they yeah. didn't yeah um and if you want the nazi all history thing play wolfenstein it's it's better i'm dead serious i'm not it's not a joke okay. um Th- so. there was um there was a there's few interesting books out there like all alt histories of like the late 60s there's something called fatherland which was based mm-hmm. on um it was like a murder mystery so local cops that are doing a murder mystery but it takes place in germany 1964 as if hitler had won All right speaking of nazi germany i was actually you know fateful words of a sentence before you know whatever but speaking of nazi germany i have recently yes. been i've been doing research on the enigma machine for personal reasons on the enigma you know maybe i shouldn't leave it that class a story idea uh <laughs> yeah uh, yes right uh no like um <laughs> and i, was I don't even little- want i just don't even want to say anything but go right, ahead. <laughs> I, know, I know but like the enigma the enigma machine how that works because I was like, the imitation game explains it one way, but obviously when you go into like the 25 minute YouTube video explaining in detail how it works, I'm like, holy crap. Like literally if the Nazis weren't so fucking stupid, I mean, I mean, the allies still would have won. But if they weren't so stupid, I mean, they really probably could have done. Well, supposedly, but they could have supposedly- gotten Britain. Supposedly the Japanese had a, had one that was called purple or something like that that mm. was even more ridiculous hmm why does that not shock me why the japanese the, the japanese had a 
technically like a a better version of yeah. something that involves like an unbreakable code than the Germans. And do you know what? Uh, Why does that not shock me? But did, but do you know what the Americans' primary method of sending communications were um, during World War II? Like what what was their sort of methodology? If it wasn't what? it, they just had the the code talkers, the Indians that were oh, there, that's they right, spoke that's in right. their they spoke in their native language. And yeah. it, was, it was sort of not. Yeah. Like, hey, everybody. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> um, not, not yours. But yeah. Right. But it's, it's crazy because midnight run, everyone, another. Midnight yeah. Run reference, <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> uh, no, but it's crazy because it's like the whole idea is it could make in a message, you know, there was 158 million, million, million uh, yeah. combinations and how like the, the, uh, the plug board worked. Because basically the plug board works so that if if it was Z connected to W, that means when you press Z, it went through all the W chain and it came back. Right. And like, so it's like doing that. And then the way the bomb machine worked, which is the big thing Turing had set up where you, you know, it runs, it runs, it can run like 18,000 combinations in 20 minutes or something, but they would run it all day and nothing would happen. And it wasn't, have you seen Imitation Game? You saw, right? Right. So then also, up- there was also a book out there I read, which was a novel that got deep into it. That's Are you called- messing they- with the cord? No, I don't think I was. Can okay, I'm yeah. just hearing like. Shh, 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 shh. You hear something there? No, no. Um, uh, is a novel called Enigma, and I have to find out who read. It. I probably read it in the '90s, um, but it. it it was, you know, it's like someone like you did a shitload of research and said, okay, I'm going to write a novel. And it was surrounding, I think, the development, a little bit of the development of the Enigma machine. And Turing might have been a character in it, but it was sort of like... Wait, a, the, the actual machine or the bomb? The book, like the no, the book itself, the book itself is called... See, now you got me. Right, and but it's... Yeah. So anyways, what I'll say is it's interesting because it's like the Polish basically broke Enigma in the 30s but they broke it like where they could figure it out over the course of months the whole idea in the 40s was you have to break it in this amount of time so we can use it as actionable intelligence and turing basically created a computer with you know 12 miles of wires and they figured it out because every morning you know because every morning they the nazis sent out a weather report and it all contained the words weather. And at the end of every message, they say, how Hitler. So if you know what you're looking for, and right. you, how the Hitler, words, you can fill in, you some... can fill in the rest pretty right. much. And you can, well, you can fill in so much of it. They can fill You can know what the sequence is. And it's like, wow. So the guy that wrote fatherland, this is weird. The guy that wrote fatherland, the book, his name is Robert Harris. Mm-hmm. And he's he wrote this book called Enigma, and it came out in '96. He's written a whole bunch of other ones that were sort of like European novel and stuff like that. But it, it's an excellent book. Real name Rudolf Heinrich. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Is that for? Oh, no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, but if you uh, so hold on. If you if you um, oh, you, I was gonna share my screen with you. If if you just go to Robert Harris's page on Amazon, you're gonna be like, oh, I see a recurring theme here. But it is a very good book. It came out in '96. 
Um, and they might have even, I know Fatherland, they made that into like a miniseries. Dictator, Munich. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. An officer and a spy. <laughs> yeah. Fatherland. Uh, but yeah. I, I highly recommend Enigma. It was very good. And I read, and Father, Fatherland was good, but it was a mystery in the time and place. Enigma, Enigma was really good too. Um, so, um, so Fast Nine is closing in on $500 million globally. I'm telling um, you, man, it's going to, it's gonna make i mean it's not gonna make a billion dollars what'd you say six six hundred i said it i said it wouldn't cross 700 i believe oh no it probably won't cross seven yeah but the last movie that happened was fast six (sighs) pandemic you can kind of they're gonna blame on the pandemic okay but watch what happens when black widow comes out and then we'll see how much that makes and then see what they blame it on I do you do you really think the Black Widow is going to pop like that? Yeah, didn't I say I said it was going to make over? I think I said it was going to make over eight hundred. I said over eight hundred. I we'll see. Black Widow will be the first test of. Let's see where people are really at. Let's see for the mega blockbuster type movies like right. Quiet Place Two. You know there'd be. That's 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 gonna have a certain following and stuff like that. But I mean, um, speaking of Black Widow, let's check those reviews real quick. Yeah, how, how we live it. Oh, they're all gonna be awesome. Yeah. But, well, but do you want to talk about um, her recent on. comments? Eighty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, sixty-seven on Metacritic. Okay, what recent comments? Scarlett Johansson's recent yeah. comments. Comments that she Re- talked. Oh, you were not aware of this when she didn't like um embarrassed about past Asian something something? No, no, no. Scarlett Johansson's role as Black Widow, how she she was she hated the fact that she had to sex it up a bit, at least initially, or something like that. She she didn't like the fact that she was like sort of kind of objectified or something like that in this role. Oh, did um, we not talk about this in passing? Or is no, this... we didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was sort of like um so, so one of my favorite followers was sort of poking at her a bit. Zodiac motherfucker, not followers, but Jesus. one of the ones I follow, who is who is very strong, highly uh, recommend Twitter follow, um, was sort of leaning into her a bit um, for, like, basically saying, "Give me a break. You got the role because you're Scarlett Johansson. You got the role initially because." You're attractive. Well, she you wasn't even wear... the first. She wasn't even the first choice. Who was? Emily Blunt. The only reason Emily Blunt didn't do it was because she had a contract with Fox, like a four movie deal, and she had to be in Gulliver's Travels with Jack Black. Oh, yeah. Remember uh, that movie? No. Yeah, I remember. But Emily Blunt was supposed to be in it, and Fox was like, "No, you got to be in this movie." But I'm just saying. Then they went to her, and she took it because. It's Marvel. You need to wear the skin tight. I mean, she's the reason. Like that's the reason why she makes. That's the reason why she was able to be to. That's the reason why a film like Lucy, Ghost in the Shell, or what? Uh, Under the Skin, which was the indie movies. Those are the reason those right, movies these got relative made. vanity sort of projects. Yeah, those are the. That's the reason those movies got made was because she built her name. Like, because before that she was oh she's in a few woody allen movies and she's a model she looks really good she oh yeah she was in lost in translation and she does some other stuff 
and she's really good friends with Chris Evans. And like, basically she went from that to being like, oh, she's an action star. Right. She was never an action star. She was right. an actress. Or, she, you know, she was, you know, she's married to Ryan Reynolds and they're one of the hottest couples or whatever. And then, oh, she's an, she's a bankable action star. Cause Lucy, Lucy made a lot of money. I mean, Lucy cost 60 million to make it made like four, 440, something crazy. But she was a um, chef. She wasn't chef. She was John Favreau's little love thing in Chef. Talk about science fiction. Yeah, between um, uh, him and his ex love thing. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson and Sofia Vergara, who he remarries sure. at the end of the movie. Okay, dude. We know what John Favreau. Hey, I, I'll give it up for John Favreau if you can. Hey, if you can get it done, you can get it done. Yep. Um. But yeah, why? Well, people. There, also, there's hope for us, like schlubby guys oh i'm sorry then again no schlubby guys worth a couple hundred million dollars so yeah uh, john favreau yeah <laughs> people also ask what did scarlett johansson say about trans people hold on a second oh i remember that i remember that she accepted the role to play a trans man and people are like oh good god yeah. you remember that crap good god did we talk about and that? she initially no it was before we started the podcast oh thank god but she initially defended it and then basically i think her agent or her people were like yeah you should probably you should probably shut up you need to get away from this now yeah uh okay so here we go here's the big one espn roiled by the jump host and rachel nichols comments on analyst maria taylor so i'll let you i mean you're the one who hit me to this so go ahead and you can well so so do you want to let's talk about what happened so um a year ago in the bubble in, in the, the bubble, NBA, I, Judas, I, I, I guess right before July. the finals. It was right, July. Uh, yeah, right before the finals were kicking. Maybe it was into the playoffs. No, it was July. It was middle it was of July. July. It was right before the bubble started. The bubble started. So Rachel July Nichols hosts the jump, I guess. Yeah, and I daily. guess she had, had she historically, was she, and I understand it was in her contract to host the in-studio pregame. NBA final show. In the NBA final show, the, the, the uh, very like very ugly sister to NBA countdown on TNT. Exactly. Very ugly sister. Yes. Like, like so ugly might as well be invisible. Like, did you even know there was a show on ESPN that did that? Which yeah, because I'll get Simmons, into that too. Because Simmons, Magic Johnson, Wilbon, and Sage Steel actually had a serviceable show. Yeah, but back until in, back in 2012, 2013. Until Simmons started like bitching and moaning and acting like a little girl, but that's a whole other story. What am I about to play it? Um so she gets approached by Simmons. ESPN. Simmons at least and, still had the balls to talk about some conflict of interest. I will give Simmons that. Okay. Anyway, that's fine. So Rachel Nichols gets approached by ESPN management, said, How about you become a sideline reporter? And we give Maria Taylor your hosting of the NBA Finals pregame show, whatever ESPN calls it. And did she, did she agree? I'm trying to figure out what happened in 2020. Did she agree to it? Did Maria Taylor host it last year? I don't I know what the outcome of it was. From what I remember, Maria Taylor was the host because Rachel Nichols was doing sidelines, was so. there in the bubble interviewing them. Okay. And everything. So, 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 so she was Nichols, talking to Adam uh, Mendelson. Adam Mendelson, who was one who, of who a, a LeBron, it was a LeBron whisperer. I was LeBron, say. an advisor to LeBron as a LeBron whisperer. And um, they were she did a lot of Zoom stuff, 
And because the technology might have been relatively new to her, she left the camera on along with the microphone on during when she was making having this conversation with Adam Mendelson, which initially was about trying to score, I think, an interview with Anthony Davis. He, she, Adam Mendelson was sort of a go between to sort of get the talent, arrange interviews with the talent, being your LeBrons and your Anthony Davises, et cetera. Right. And as the conversation went on, um, Rachel Nichols sort of opined about or, or shared with Adam, like having sort of broader career conversations about look what they're trying to do to me. And basically, she basically said, I, I love Maria, Maria Taylor. I wish the best for her. She does football stuff. She does basketball stuff. And, you know, I, and if you feel like you want to give her more to do because of your crappy record about diversity more to do being give her my show that i'm supposed to host that's in yeah. my contract Go so ahead. and she says and if you're feeling about your you know seemingly crappy record on diversity then of which i was negatively yeah. impacted as well yeah which is why she worked for turner for however many years and then she came back she worked for turner for like five years okay she asked that awesome roger goodell question when she worked for turner which one? Remember when uh, Roger Goodell, they were conducting the Ray Rice investigation. Okay. She basically said, like, how do you not uh, – the, the FBI investigator who used to work for the NFL, right? That's right. Yep. And because she's like, well, it's an independent investigation. It's like, yeah, but he used to work for the NFL. So how is that not a conflict of interest? And she was lauded for that question. She was working for Turner at the time. She wasn't for working okay. for ESPN. Okay, so, so – Right, because she, before when she was at ESPN, she was basically camped out on Brett Favre's front she was, lawn forever, right? She, I mean, was, she was doing like no, remotes. Well, kind of, yes. But yeah, she was doing the, oh, we head out to our like city specialist reporter, Rachel Nichols, and she would do the right. you know, reporting from so-and-so, Rachel Nichols, ESPN right, or whatever. Right. Like okay. she, she was Sal Palantonio, who's such right. a fucking hack, or, or, or Mark Schwartz. Mark Schwartz is the fucking worst. Fuck Mark Schwartz um how do you feel about it no have you seen that video where mark schwartz asked the same question at the nba finals scrums after practice he asked the same question to 15 different people like he's the worst the worst he's the okay. one who kept asking lebron after the jr smith thing in the finals where jr smith didn't know what how much time and mark schwartz was like oh lebron did you know what was running through jr smith's head and lebron was like how would i know that He's like, no, but I'm just saying, like, did, did he tell you something? Da, 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 da. And that's when LeBron walked off and was like, yeah, be better tomorrow. Mark Schwartz is the worst. But basically, so Rachel Nichols was like, if you feel that, you know, you need to, you know, be better about your crappy diversity record, then give her something. Else. Basically, don't give her what I'm supposed to do. What's in my right. contract to do? Right. And yeah. Um, and then Adam Mendelson basically said something on the, along the lines of, between me too and black lives matter i'm exhausted right. or whatever and no rachel, that's what she said she said no, between me too i thought no she said, he said that rachel nichols laughed and she said like oh it's kind of getting to you huh or whatever something like that and uh, basically people took her laugh as like you know you know you know how it goes but but it's that was said and it was on camera and but what happened now was someone at espn somewhere kayla johnson it. yeah okay kayla Recorded, johnson who's no longer with espn right now oh, got yeah. a recording of it and circulated it among 
others at ESPN, including Maria Taylor, who has not commented on any of this. But essentially, um, Ka- Kayla Johnson, who spread the video, I think her name is Kayla Johnson, African-American woman. She was suspended she, and she was suspended and demoted, I think. And people are, some people are pissed that she got demoted and Rachel Nichols again didn't get demoted for what she said. But then there are others that are like, she recorded a private conversation. Like, why wouldn't she be, why should Rachel Nichols be demoted or whatever for, for a private conversation? So. so, but now Maria Taylor has not commented. And the other curveball is now she's like, what, two weeks away? Her contract basically expires in like two weeks. Yeah, her contract expires after the finals are over. And she's been offered, I think she was making a little around or a little under a million bucks a year. She's been offered a contract that starts her at two that steps up to about five million over the next five years. Mm, with Fox. And she wants, no, 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 with ESPN. Oh, okay. But she's saying, no, I want eight million right out the shoot. And, and ESPN has just laid off like Kenny Main. Like a lot of their name brand people have like, They've laid off, but they're paying Spence Steve, or whatever. Stephen A. Smith is making like five well, million a year. Well, whatever. Um, Ridiculous. But 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 so. Well, I've got I've got a way to go. I'll I'll bring that up later. Um, so now. Um, so so here we are, and now Maria Taylor still she is hosting. I guess the pregame show. I guess right now, and then I think. Like a lot of her co-hosts, so like your Jay Williams, your Jalen Roses, there's other people yeah. are now in support of Maria, Maria Taylor. Zaylor. Supportive, I don't know what, unless they're in support of her making $8 million a year. I guess if, I guess maybe they're not aware that if she's going to get $8 million a year, that means that's going to be money you're not going to see because there's only so much money to go around, but they're not thinking about it in that fashion because I, I think there's an idea that basically running through, they're saying, Unless she gets $8 million a year, that's clearly racism. That is an implication that's being made, I guess. Um, now, where are we? So where are we today? Or so, but, but hold on, but hold on, hold on, hold on. So hold yeah. on, <clears throat> that went through there. And this all came out in a New York Times article on the 4th of, no, when? 4th of July. On the 4th of July the day of like a above the fold story on ESPN. It is tippy top news. And I have no idea what the fallout is now today. Well, but, game uh, look, game one is tomorrow. And for the first time in a while, I'm going to be like, I want to see what that pregame show is like, just whatever they're going to say, whatever they're going to do. Cause wow. I just, wow. And is it so 8 million? Sorry, because it's does ESPN's anybody thing. does anybody make eight million dollars a year, like doing what she does or doing anything similar to what she well, does? So I think this is where, I think she is overvalued. I think she is overplaying her hand because, look, Maria Taylor's very talented. She's for what she does, she's talented. Does she ask for, any hard questions? Like for what she does. She's okay. talented. Okay. She's really attractive. Okay. That is true. She, it's like, okay, cool. She certainly checks a lot of boxes that ESPN might want to check. No one is tuning into ESPN 
to see Maria Taylor. Okay. People tune to TNT to see what Charles Barkley is going to say. Yeah, that's true. People, as much as I don't care, will tune into ESPN to hear what Stephen A has to say. Yeah, that's. But, and that's why I'm going to say, okay, if you are personally driving ratings, great. I mean, the only people that did what Maria. So, so who is someone that has done what Maria Taylor's done that you could argue? Okay. It's like Maria Taylor is sort of where Aaron Andrews was, let's say 2010, right? Up and comer. You know what I mean? 2008, I would say. Hey, well, whatever. Right. And so what did Aaron Andrews do? She like went went to Fox for five years. Went to Fox. Yeah. And, and came she back to ESPN. Came back to eight. Well, Disney because she was well, on. Yeah, 80. yeah. Because because she, she she's like a, she's doing so much shit across all networks. Dancing with the Stars stuff. Yeah. So, but um, but I, and Aaron Andrews really wasn't that good at. I think I think Maria Taylor's better than Aaron yeah, Andrews she is. was. She is. But Aaron Andrews is kind of a hot commodity because she's 2008 Aaron Andrews. I mean, she you know. Yeah, and then she basically left Fox, and it was all about Samantha. Well, at the time, it was Samantha Steele. It's Samantha Ponder, Sam Ponder now, and she does NFL Live and all that stuff. Is she the girl from Baltimore that was on the uh, ABC on uh, Monday Night Football? Who's the blonde with the short hair? Now nah, it's a different girl. Oh no, you're thinking of. Um, oh my God, what's her name? Zarniak, yeah, I, Lindsay Zarniak. No, 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 no. She went to JMU. There's another girl from Baltimore that um Sage Yeah, Steel. where's Lindsay? Yeah, whatever happened to Lindsay Zarniak? Like Lindsay Zarniak was everywhere. And yeah, that's like where the hell that is she? story about the Redskins came out and um uh, there's that there no, there were the rumors about her and Diana Rossini. Excuse me? There were the rumors about her and Diana Rossini supposedly servicing some of the Redskins brass Redskins player. Oh, brass, yeah, brass oh, that, to get stories. Who's Diana Rossini? She's an NFL NFL live correspondent. Okay. Look up Diana Rossini. But okay. um, no, I mean that's probably why. But you're talking about Sage. But, you're not talking about Sage Steele, are you? No, 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 no. No, you said Sage, Sage Steele is never going to. She's never going to put herself in that position where she's going to overplay her hand. Um, I, I, I just don't think she will. I think that she's like a, uh, how do you put it? I think she's like a this good soldier NFL or what are you talking about? The blonde Baltimore person. Yeah. Talking. She was a sideline reporter for ESPN during not anymore. I want to say maybe eight to 10 years ago, um, for a handful of years, maybe five years. You know, for Monday Susie, Night Football. Susie Colbert. No, it's not Susie. Fuck. I'm just Colbert. naming people. I don't know. Not that I don't like about. Susie Colbert. Susie Colbert's fine, but I mean, it's not her. No, 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 no. Jen, something or other. No, it's not Jen. But so, so, so here's what I'm saying. This, so, so this is what I think is going on. I think that this is a hot, juicy story. This was rolling through ESPN. This is likely a ploy by, um, this is an angle by, I think, Maria Taylor's people to get this in the media as leverage so they can, she can get $8 million a year. And it, it checks all the boxes. I think that's what's going on. I think it, and it checks all the boxes that it's going to be like a big story in the New York Times. And, um, you know, I, 
what I think is going to happen. Melissa think, Stark. There you go. Yes. I have no idea where she is now. Um, she is best known for her three-year stint as a sideline reporter for Monday Night Football. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What she, uh, NFL Network. Go ahead. Okay. And then um, I think ESPN is going to be like, bye. We're not going to pay you a million bucks a year. You don't have to. We've offered you something. It's up to you to take it. Goodbye. Um, if she leaves and says, yeah, I didn't go there because racism, et cetera, et cetera, because you didn't pay me $8 million a year. Girl, no, listen, you're really talented. You're fine as hell. No one is watching ESPN to see you. People generally go to watch sports. Um, and you're not funny. You're not outrageous. And that's what people want to see when they're paying, when they're, you know, Stephen A. Smith can be outrageous. Shannon Sharp is sort of that way. Not that, I don't know if he's on ESPN right now. but No, he's on Fox. Okay. But but I'm just saying, okay, there's a personality there. I, I don't know if, I have no idea what Maria Taylor's personality is outside of leading whatever. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, and then Rachel Nichols, see Rachel Nichols fucked this up because if she just said, you know, I got a contract and they're just back in my contract. And if she would have left it at that fine and just left it at this business, I, ESPN, I, ESPN, it, it was a private conversation. I'm, I'm not going to well, correct. Ding, correct. On top, on top of, no, on top of I'm that, gonna, correct. Yeah. It's a private conversation yeah. on right. But also at the same time, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm just, uh, I, man, I, uh, I don't know. What do you think? So do you think Maria Taylor is going to be there in three weeks? No. You think she's going to be gone? Fox. Fox is probably going to pay her some crazy amount of money. Because that's what they do. That's what Fox does. They, they, just, they just take the and people then, like legs up and then she might come back. Yeah, she'll come back. Because um, she ain't going to Turner. Because Turner ain't paying. Turner ain't paying that money. So, Hell no. Yeah, Turner's not paying that money. Especially Turner might be paying that money, but they ain't paying that money to her. Right. Right. Because, yeah. because, but that's what I'm like. Do you know you're overplaying your hand? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. She, she's going to be gone because I think ESPN's going to want to retain. I mean, I don't know what Rachel well, ESPN's Nichols, Rachel Nichols probably has a couple, three years left on her contract. Probably. But I, yeah, it's just, I, I just think they're going to let her go. And yeah. I mean, but the thing is, it's like, you know, people are talking about like, Ooh, well, Jalen Rose and Jay Williams might leave. Who fucking cares? Like, what are no Jalen Rose? Who's going are, to hire them? Exactly. What are Jalen Rose and Jay Williams contributing? I don't know. I, I think. What, what about Jay Williams in that tweet where he said, like, congratulations on the first black head coach of the Celtics? Did you see that one? No, I didn't. So, so wasn't he goes, Bill Russell a player coach? Stop. Hold on. Who was the coach the last time the Celtics won? Oh, Doc Rivers. Holy crap. Hold on. And who was the head coach the previous time the Celtics won? Casey Jones. With all those Larry Bird teams, Casey Jones is the damn head coach. Please tell me this tweet is still up. And there was, hang on, ML Carr was a coach. There was like five or six of them. And no, the tweet isn't up because guess what? I think he claimed that his phone was hacked or somehow his Twitter was hacked. Blames a hacker he, for glaring mistake about new Celtics. Claimed he didn't. I'm just stand. like, dude, 
Doc Rivers, Casey Jones, ML Carr, Bill fucking Russell was a player coach. I'd, I'd hazard a guess the last, the last five times the Celtics have won titles, they've had black head coaches. <laughs> okay. So it's not like they had black head coaches when they were 22 and 60. Okay. It was no. I mean, what do you, I mean, Jay, are you, are you this dumb? Somebody posted like cap, all these caps, like you lying, <laughs> you lying, bro. Right. I mean, I mean, I'm, so, so Jay Williams, you're, you're a fucking idiot. So no one's going to hire you. Yeah, look, they'll pay you 125 grand and you'll, you'll go to, you know, you go to East Tennessee state for some, you know, big South game or something. But I mean, what? You, nothing Jalen Rose Jay, Jay Williams is just you know he just wants to get over talked because he's on he's on like a radio show now with like Zubin Mahenti and Keyshawn Johnson and it's like who the fuck listens to that sorry go ahead is Zubin a name yeah you don't Zubin Mahenti is like he looks like a Indian Charlie Day go ahead <laughs> thanks how do I not how did I not pick up one I mean of course or maybe Pakistani. I don't know. Hold on. Zubin Pakistani Mahenti. Charlie Day. Yeah, Zubin Mahela. <laughs> Zubin Mahenti. Okay. Um, I, so, so no one's going to hire him. And then um, – and Jalen Rose, okay, maybe Jalen Rose might fit that box of like, okay, he might be a personality or something. Yet I don't think that him with the Kevin Love comment was like, um, the smoothest. Oh my god! Thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! So, so imagine if somebody said that about a, about a black guy on like the U.S. swim team, and then see what would happen. I'm just like, hey, dude, w- w- Jalen, what did the who was on the roster of the 2016 Olympic team? Do you know that? Oh, just to ask him if he knows. No, or? just generally, like. Like not asking him about race. No, no. As in like, what was the racial makeup of the 2016 Olympic roster? It was all black guys, right? Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yes. So, you know, I was, so I was trying to Google up something about Maria Taylor and for, and I was thinking to myself, okay. And then I was like, oh yeah. You remember Carrie Champion? Yes. And what the well, hell ever happened to her? She works for like uh she works for like hold on, she was on all the smoke and she was talking about she, she like dyed her hair blonde or some shit. Like, what? Why? Cuz she's a free spirit. What are you talking about? Um uh she now ho- co-hosts Oh, get this. She now goes Carrie and Jamel won't stick to sports won't is in parentheses oh, wait. With, hold, on, hold on hold on jamel hill on the vice on tv network so jamel hill and carrie champion are we are we trying to get to those feel like two extreme ends of the distribution curve to me you're talking about in terms of like looks yes yeah, that, yeah that's true but so then i was thinking to myself of like Okay, between Carrie Champion and Maria Taylor, I was like, no, that's some um... Maria Taylor, but go ahead. Right. But you know what? I don't think any of them hold a candle to Taylor Rooks, if you're familiar with her. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Who is also a TV. <laughs> okay. So, so, so no one has heard this. I mean, no one can see this, but Alex is like, 
making these faces mouth, of like mouth agape and uh yeah yeah i mean i mean she she appears to be like uh um, she was just on an episode of all the smoke and oh my god yeah yeah that, that but again that is, but like again that's a whole other that's a whole other level well you've seen the picture of her talking to jason tatum and jason tatum's looking her in the eye but it's like you know this was the toughest interview for jason tatum to ever do just type in taylor works jason tatum it was like jason tatum's rookie year it's like you know jason tatum you know with all the willpower in the world or whatever um but she was on like she was on the oh my god yeah with the um the brown dress yeah jesus christ almighty but no she was on um she was on uh like the breakfast club as well they were talking about pretty privilege you know and she was like you know if somebody wants to call me beautiful they call me beautiful you know it's all about me just focusing on my job which is i mean i think that's a healthy you know healthy re- healthy uh stance to take for a healthy girl <laughs> but no, excuse yeah, me. She, yeah she healthy as hell yeah so <laughs> she's she's about four years older than me um but yeah no she's but it's like I don't I don't want to say this, but I want to say this. So say it. If they didn't look like that, would they still get that job? I, I'm, you, I'm, just, I'm curious. I, 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 if you're if you're ass ugly, you're not going to get the job. Yeah, but but that I mean, you got to be telegenic to be on television. That is true. That is OK. True. Now. You don't need to be nine and a halves. Or yeah. Taylor Rooks fucking twelves. Jesus <laughs> Christ almighty. Yeah. Um, but um God is great. No, uh, he great as hell. Um, <laughs> um but but you I, can't I love you can't be no. like you can't look like the grandma from LA Confidential. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's not no no no, but I mean like I, I mean but that's where, but but that's where you're like, ESPN, and ESPN is like that's that's the other dynamic about ESPN that we didn't even talk about. Work at ESPN, that's like walking through a pit of vipers, man. I mean, everyone is so like, everyone is so like career focused, and I don't even know if it's insecure, but they are so sort of like, um, it's all about me. What am I getting out of this shit? I mean, that yeah. whole vibe, there is not this sort of, no, I'm a team player sort of thing, which is, if you look at Sage Steele, my impression is she's a team player. She's like, whatever. Yeah. Sage Steele is also like late forties. Yeah. You know, and she's like, look, I'm making half a million bucks a year, whatever she's making. I'm just fine. Whatever you want me to do. Fine. I got good income. I got kids. Let's rock and roll. Yeah. Right? People have, people have ego issues at ESPN. Yes. A lot yes. Of and then you got multiple people, which now is, listen, now listen, if you got a contract, that's a whole other dynamic, but, but correct. You got huge egos that like are that trying was, to be the big fish. That was the Simmons problem. Oh my God. He's, he's, but he's, I, I love this at the bottom of uh Taylor Rooks's Wikipedia page. She has established a large following on social media platforms such as Twitter and Instagram. It's like I wonder why, but go ahead. I'm I'm just. But yeah, there's a lot a lot of egos at uh, <laughs> yeah, at ESPN. Uh, and insane insane egos. Um, but but 
so so working there is just brutal i, w- I was trying to hop back to what my um yeah I, I wonder why dude dude no there there's one picture that i saw of her oh good god where Dad, is you're it? scratching up against your mic or something i i apologize um god damn it hold on that is fine it's fine don't don't it's fine it's fine so anyways this is the all-around podcast you can follow us on twitter instagram at the, oh, damn it. Twitter at the underscore all underscore around or on Instagram at the dot all dot round. But like, yeah, so, so hold on. So just finishing this one up. Yeah. So, um, Maria Taylor's going to be gone, let's say by August 1st or whenever contract. Yeah, right. your mic is still thumbs up with your mic. Can you hear me now? Hey, oh, hold on. How about now? Can you hear me better? Yeah, it's good. Okay, so Maria Taylor is going to be gone. Let's say by August first. Okay, you're scratching. You're something. It's scratching up again. Damn, I'm not doing anything. But hold on, let me try this. No, you're good now. You're good now. Okay, so Maria Taylor is going to be gone by August first, right? Uh huh. All right. Um, and what do you think happens? Do you think like because of all this? Do you think that um, what's her face, Rachel Nichols? Is she going to be? into like b minus land having been given like the jump and all that stuff do you think that she will this will sort of be the will this be like a permanent black mark on her career or do you think she'll be in the barrel for a year and she will come out of it i mean i guess the latter i really don't think anything serious is going to happen to her i really don't like it's if sanity prevails, then I don't think anything's going to happen to her. And but I just it's about whether ESPN is going to let the the woke mob, as some people like to say, I really don't want to use that term because it's used by some other undesirables. But like if that mob of people, if the Twitter mob, if that really catches on the ESPN gets scared, then no. Uh, then, you know, then she'll be it'll be forever. And but if it is, if they're just like, this really isn't a big deal. We're going to go with our gut. We're going to go with our strong, our best guns. And we're just going to move right through this because the news cycle, so many things are happening. Like people, this, this huh? is, I mean, hell people are still talking about what's her face. Who tested positive for weed. The sprinter, Shakira Richardson. They're still talking about her. Well, it's like, is, people is that, are still talking that's about almost her. done. Well, yeah, it's like, that's what I mean. Like that's almost done. And it's just like, yeah, it's like, just no, like I don't. I really don't think it's gonna affect her. Now, she's gonna do her sideline thing this NBA Finals, but I think next NBA Finals when Maria Taylor is gone, because I really think Maria Taylor is gonna be gone. Because what's gonna happen is she's gonna get on the phone with her girls, Taylor, Carrie, Jamel, all them. And girl, you gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta get yours. All that stuff. You gotta get your money. You gotta secure the bag. And I'll tell you, Fox or whoever is going to offer her, somebody's going to offer her a ton of money. Do, do you think they're going to give her like five million bucks a year? I just don't see it. Because you know what? If ESPN is only offering two, you don't have to pay her five. Exactly. But do you, but, but do you think that Fox is going to buy the hype? Like, but do you think Fox is going to buy the hype and say, no, 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 she is going to attract yep. viewers to us? Yeah, because – Look at when Fox Sports 1 first started, they just hired a bunch of ESPN, not even B-listers, like C, D, F, F-minus guys, just to like have guys over. And it's just like, what? Then they hired Skip Bayless because people just, 
Skip Bayless offers nothing, like nothing. And he's, people, a, he's, he's, he's a grinder, though. But people don't even really tune in for him as much as they really tune in for Shannon. Because Shannon just says some... No, some, but Skip Bayless is like the straight man to Shannon, essentially. Okay. No, but, but, but Shannon, Shannon needs someone to play off. You know True. what I mean? So, I mean, so then, I mean, essentially, yeah. I mean, I just, she's going to leave. She's going to get paid by whatever. And then her, her girls are going to be telling her how much better da, 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 is. And Rachel Nichols, she's going to get her, she's going to get her spot. Because the thing is like Jalen, you, if you're going to kowtow to guys like Jalen Rose and Jay Williams. No, but they're not. Exactly. But, but, but that's the thing. They're not kowtowing because because Jay Williams had to say my Twitter got hacked was a big fucking lie. And Jalen Rose supposedly like came out like a day or two after he said this shit about Kevin Love for like 45 minutes and rambled and apologized. So of course he knows he's, I mean, whatever. Not. Jalen Rose will always have this, the ultimate Skip Bayless um, shutdown. Do you remember that back? Nah, in like, I mean, back before first take was first take when it was still like, you know, cold pizza or first and 10 or whatever cold pizza it was something like that but it was basically like when they were talking about positions and it was right after the lebron like the lebron meltdown against the mavericks and skip bayless is talking about they're talking about positions and jm rose correctly is basically saying it's like you are your skill set the positions whether it's your shooting guard whatever it's there so a novice can understand the game so just because you're a two or you're a shooting guard doesn't mean you could take you know 10 to 12 threes a game. So all this stuff, Skip Bayless was like, what position were you, Jalen? What position were you? He goes, I have no position. You were a point guard. You were, and then Skip Bayless was like, you were a point guard. And Jalen was like, what position were you, huh? What position were you? Did you average 1.4 points a game when you were in high school? Huh? Were you a junior? Oh, were you oh, a okay. junior on yeah, JV? Yeah. And he goes, yeah, so all that Pistol Pete stuff, water, Pistol Pete, junior. And that's like every, Jalen Rose will forever have cred he will forever be on this pedestal because he's the guy who shut Skip Bayless up. And because Skip Bayless was like, yep, nope, yep, I did, I did. That's all Skip Bayless did. And everybody was just, he's like, water, pistol, P Jr. And um, he's like, so let's not forget that. <laughs> and I was like, damn. Oh, shit, I don't know if you can see it. Damn. I can, I can see the outline of that black dress. Oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah, I know. Okay. I know. Yeah, but... um. But yeah, I don't know if you had anything else. I don't have anything. No, else. no, no. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, this will probably go away. There'll be more uproar on Twitter. I, I, I wonder if media is going to understand that a lot of people that cause uproar on Twitter are mentally ill. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm just saying, it's the people that live, the people that live on Twitter that that, and the people that care. You're like, you, you know, these are these are people that got real mental problems like that uh, obsess their way through Sound like Rogan. their Twitter feed, but they, I mean, but they are, I mean, it's like, it's not reality. I mean, I, I, ESPN is going to, ESPN, ESPN. Yeah, yeah, right. They, they will continue to be here. I, and yeah, I just think just stick to Rachel. I mean, yes, Rachel might, people can shit on Rachel all they want. Rachel, as long as the stuff about her contract is true, she has all the cards like it's her kind con- like but that's why, why we signed but it was in her contract but she then like she agreed to it which is like okay rachel you already sort of yeah well, sort of agreed to some of this shit so i will 
we'll see what's up. But but here's what I can tell you will never happen. She will never host that because what, the, the final optics, thing. Yeah, the optics would be terrible. Oh, she's got to find it. someone else. You think so? She just won't. She won't host it this year. She probably won't host it next year. But she'll host it. Okay. Dad, Jeffrey Tubin is back at CNN. Okay, this is the world we're living in. Rachel Nichols will host a finals pregame show. Okay. Jacking it. Jacking yeah. it. Yeah. You know, Mike Tyson was beloved in 2009. Okay. Because yeah. of his appearance in The Hangover. I mean, th- this is the world we live in. I didn't ask questions. I didn't ask who gave the order because I knew it was business. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm being paged. So, uh, okay. We've got Pokemon to catch, goddammit. Oh, Lord. So, okay. All right. Gotta go to a gym. So talk to you later. Yep. Yep. Have a good evening. You too. Bye. See you.